always make sure that you're able to deliver what you're promised, right? And that's whether it's to your team or whether it's to the business and the organization. Don't overpromise, don't overreach, and don't overstretch. Payrollers, especially, build their reputation on delivery. Pay on time, every time, accurately. It's reputational, it's about delivery. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, Specialist Payroll Recruiters. And today I am super excited to welcome a director of Worldwide Payroll to the show. Today, we're going to be talking all about the journey to payroll directorship. So if you're listening to this, if you're a regular listener to the payroll podcast and you want to find out all about how you can become a payroll director in the future, or indeed, if you just want to experience the journey of someone else that's gone through that process, then this is going to be the show for you. We're joined today by Steve Bevan, who is an experienced director of payroll. He's skilled in employee benefits, design, deferred compensation, payroll process improvement, payroll transformation, global payroll, and more. And he has a really accomplished payroll career working for some of the world's biggest brands, including Apple, iTron, Shire Pharmaceuticals, Gillade Sciences, and Dell, to name just a few. And he's held a global payroll remit since 2008. Now, Steve became one of the very few payroll professionals to secure a payroll directorship title before the pandemic, way back in 2018. And this is a journey today we're going to be exploring in much more detail. He also possesses a degree in applied business and finance from the University of Derby. I'm really excited to welcome him to the show today. Steve, welcome to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling? Very good, Nick. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me along. I'm um, excited to share the journey. Fantastic. We're really, really excited to have you on the show. As I said, it's still a relatively new concept to be even become a payroll director. There are still very few of you out there. So we're going to find out all about that during the course of this episode. But before we do, I'm going to start with this question I ask all my guests, which is this. What does the word payroll mean to you? What does payroll mean to me? Well, it certainly paid my mortgage for a long, <laughs> long time. It's a transactional operation, right, within a within a business function, within an organization to strip it down to its brass tacks. But I think it's a lot more than that. It's certainly something that I've chosen as my career from very early on. It's something that has a lot of opportunities and it's something that has a lot of different strands to it rather than just paying people into their bank accounts once a month twice a month once a week whatever it may be it's your livelihood it's your livelihood well, let's get into that then in a bit more detail i don't want to take this away from anyone that has a parole directorship title because there are others out there but mm. when it comes to talking about your career steve you've been a payroll a worldwide payroll director for some huge businesses well i think you know potentially the title of director probably has a little bit more weight when you're working for some of the largest brands with huge workforces and and global boundaries and all these things you've got to kind of contemplate and manage. I wondered if you could just give the audience a bit of an insight, uh, a bit of a journey, if you will, from where you started your career, because you said right then that you've kind of enjoyed payroll since you found it, all the way through to to where we are now as a sort of worldwide payroll director at Chedex. 
Sure. I mean, let's probably start with the with the dictionary definition of director, right? So one option is a person that supervises actors and other people in a film play or similar production. Yeah. Um, there are some payroll people around the world who may think that's exactly what their job is, right? But that's that's not where we are with this role or any role that I've had. And the other one is it's the board member, right? And and payroll directors aren't board members and, and it's not that overseeing of business affairs. So the other definition is a person who is in charge of an activity department or organization. And that's where it fits, right? So just to set the scene, for me, it's a person in charge of an activity rather than a director of, right? So people have many different job roles and job names. If you're actually in charge of the activity department or something within the organization, you'll probably recognize the journey that I've been on. So initially when I started, I came out of college, got my first sort of job in a in a spice factory in Runcorn in Cheshire. Mm-hmm. And when I went in there, it was a it was a HR admin role. But one of the tasks or activities that I was given very early on was to calculate the payroll, uh, weekly payroll at the time. It was manual. It was on an old Kalamazoo paper system. Kalamazoo, remember? Yeah, Yeah. real throwback. And really, you know, it was very maths orientated, very calculation based, which was kind of my educational background. I'd always felt very comfortable in mathematics. It was something that came really easy to me. So this was a good role for me, right? It just meant that I could sit in front of all of these sheets of paper with all of these time cards and really go through and just calculate pay ended in the end of the week then with me sat in a tiny little room with a tiny little window in it with lots of brown envelopes full of cash yes it really was that long ago i am ashamed to admit but, um, <laughs> you had yeah. windows though there were many many stories <laughs> of the windowless yeah. payroll office so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you started in a good environment compared exactly. to some exactly so i mean from there you know i kind of became a little bit more interested as i as i moved roles i came a little bit more interested in the automation if you like of the payroll process and at the time people were moving away from manual based manual calculation systems to these new bits of software that were coming out that were allowing people to do the calculations quicker and more automatic and concentrate a little bit more on the checking and the validation and the control and so it was that piece really that then started to sort of hook me in because the transactional piece was always very straightforward. So all mathematical based. It's not rocket science, as you've probably heard a million times. It's a mathematical yeah. equation that ends in a result. Outside of that, it was where payroll fits within the organization. That's what really started to hook me and interest me. And as I started to move through my next couple of positions, I, I took on some supervisory responsibility. And along with that came the management side right so it was the dealing with people it was the issues that come along you know with just having responsibility for people it was being included in groups that were helping to make decisions for strategic approaches to -to day-to-day organizational things at a very low level but these are the things that started to really hook me in so i um went on in the uk to sort of take on some management positions At the time, SAP 
was a real big rollout within the UK. And I took up a couple of positions in a row where the payroll module of the HR or the payroll piece of the HR module for SAP was being implemented. And so my job was really to come in, implement the payroll, you know, go through all of the process implementation piece, and then set up and recruit a what you recognize now as centralized payroll shared service. Yeah. Then that was my role. That was my first introduction to the likes of ADP as as outsourcers. It was my first introduction to system implementation and really my first introduction into payroll reporting and how that could impact, influence and help within the business. Came to Ireland 20 years ago, um, moved um, with the family over here. And then when I came over to Ireland, I really had an opportunity to it was almost starting again from scratch. I didn't have a you know a massive name within the payroll industry within the UK, but I was sort of starting to make some moves and I'd done some articles in a few little places. And so I came here and it was a chance to really sort of start that again and, and bring the experience and the knowledge that I'd gained to a whole new um, arena. And I came here straight into setting up EMEA payroll shared service centers and each of the the roles that I've taken on seems to have followed the same pattern it was about centralizing payroll operations implementing new systems streamlining operations recruiting the right team motivating training and, and all of those things every time I've sort of moved on to another role it's been an increase or an enhancement on those experiences. Initially, when I was here, it was an EMEA payroll that expanded to EMEA and APJ. My next role then was more of a global role, except for the US. The shy role then took in, you know, a little bit more of the globe. And so I kind of expanded my experience and knowledge as I moved on from role to role. Nice. And that's that's really um, transparent as well for those that perhaps haven't seen your LinkedIn profile. I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, it, it's a really progressive career journey um, and something that, you know, it, it, it's nice because every step I can see, the, every decision I can see you've made in your career seems like a, a logical one from a progressive perspective. When you look at the titles, the brands, the things that you've been doing, the increased remit, which is really quite interesting. It's been a very much a, a, an elevated journey rather than, it doesn't appear to be too many sideways steps, Steve. It seems to be each time a slightly new challenge, a slightly broader remit that's helped get you to, I guess, that that directorship level. One thing I'm really interested in then, because right in your introduction here, where you, you defined what a director is you know we're seeing now particularly post-pandemic as recruiters a huge number of payroll and, I, and it really is a huge number based on what we were doing before of new payroll director kind of level positions coming to the market perhaps it's because you know the, the important role of payroll has been really thrust into the limelight post-pandemic you know, key workers it, it's certainly the importance of payroll seems to have improved in, in, in the eyes of hr finance and board board level directors that, that are viewing it but with all that said then are these payroll director titles, in your view, part of just a new trend, a title trend, if you will, or are they genuine director-led roles with director-level, in inverted commas, responsibilities? It's a great question, right? And without wanting to be critical of other people's decisions or, or other people's roles, it, it is a growing trend, right? And there's an upside to that in that it's great for payroll, right? It's great for the industry, so it's another level 
at which people can strive and attain to achieve. So if it gives people the drive to study and to learn and to, you know, gain experience from different roles and progress, it, it's another marker for people to, to sort of push for, right? Um, and I think that's great. So so I'm absolutely one million percent behind it for that reason. I, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in payroll as an industry, as a career, and this adds to that it gives that level right the downside of it i I guess is and and you know i don't want to be thinking negative some organizations will concede to that role to keep their talent right talent especially in peril it's in high demand i've never it's never been more competitive top power talent right now so i can understand that absolutely absolutely it's great to see if I was in that position where a director role had been created to keep me, I would question, is it the right thing for me? And that's just me saying personally, right? So if it's a role that's created because the business feels as though there's a need and you move into it, you're probably getting what you want from that role. If the title has been created to keep you where you are, firstly, it's a great thing. Your organization loves you and they really want to keep you. But is it going to give you what you want from that role? It's probably your current role with a new badge. Okay, well, let's hold that thought then just for a moment, because I want to take you right back to when you, the second question or the right part of the question where you define director. How then does the director of payroll role differ from, say, a global head of payroll or a senior manager of global payroll or or whatever the title might be that's senior enough but doesn't have that director-led element? If you were to make the distinction between you know, a head of payroll, then if you use that as the, as the, as the example, mm. and a director of payroll, where does that change? Because I would argue a little bit, to play devil's advocate, that your definition at the start of this conversation would also apply to someone who's working at a global head of level. So where do you Absolutely. see that distinction difference? I would say if you're already in a position where you have as much autonomy and control and influence in the decision making within your organization, then really, really pushing for a director role within your current role, it, it's probably really not where you want to be focused, right? And mm. um, so, you know, I guess a director role more strategic than operational in theory, although everyone rolls their sleeves up, right? Yeah, um, sure. So it's it's more strategic alliances with the HR organization, with comp and BEM policy, you know, involved in a lot more planning, future planning with regards to policies on, on pay, on retention, on how you attract people, on the best ways in which the organization can move forward. So not necessarily operational payroll. Yeah. more organizational strategic decisions where you can offer your experience in an overall business decision, right? A lot more of control and compliance, a lot more involvement in control and compliance, and a lot more responsibility for control and compliance and audit, right? So often in large organizations, usually US multinationals, they will have an audit board, and as a director of payroll, you will be spending a lot of time with that audit board you'll also be expected to look at cost efficiencies you'll also be expected to come up with regular process improvements system enhancements keeping on the on the wave of that payroll tide keeping ahead of the latest discussions 
making decisions about whether the latest trends are really for your organization or not, putting things in front of other directors as to where you think the direction of definitely payroll should go, but certainly HR, certainly comp and BEM policy. Generally goes with the global role, but not exclusively, right? So, you know, there are some payroll directors and some really talented payroll directors of, of UK payroll, for example, and they are involved in all of those things for their organizations. Yeah. So actually, you just took away my my next question, which was going to be on listening to what you were saying. Is do you think there's, there's more scope for a payroll professional then to reach the heights of payroll director within a global environment, bearing in mind things like the uh, the US order element that you mentioned, yeah. or do you think it can just as easily be reached in a large domestic payroll? I guess the, the answer that you've given there is it can be reached in either. Maybe it is easier in yeah, global, you, perhaps. Yeah, you will definitely have more opportunity to gain varied experience in a global role right but that means that if you have a uk director of payroll role for example you can specialize and so it comes back to the uh, that old argument of generalist or specialist yeah. one thing i thought was really interesting that um and i brought a smile to my face and you mentioned at the start of your uh, i guess descriptive way of, of, of talking about what a payroll director does or what you certainly do and you mentioned talent and retention i never thought when i started working in recruitment in the world of payroll 20 years ago that 20 years on part of the payroll position at this level would actually involve a huge aspect of what i'm involved in on recruitment in in terms of the influence that payroll can now have mm. on the talent attraction and talent retention elements of a business mm. I, I think it was worlds apart from even that even being in the conversation when i started in payroll recruitment 20 years ago and i think that's kind of it's those kind of elements that really show how far payroll has come how far the dial has been moved in terms of the influence payroll can have on business strategy because it just wasn't in wasn't in the conversation talking about you know linking payroll to talent and attraction 20 years ago or certainly yeah. wasn't in the world that i was working in yeah you're absolutely right and you know it's one of the things that really still gives me a buzz today when we bring somebody into the team that hasn't necessarily thought of payroll as a career choice. You know, maybe they've followed the accounting route and and, and they've sort of come into payroll as a secondment or something. But then, you know, once they're in and we can manage to develop them and give them experience and, and show them the wide variety of things that they can get involved in within payroll, to see that person then choose to stay within payroll and to progress, to take up more responsibility and to actually then, and, it, and it's happened in, in my career um, today where, you know, people in my teams are now some of the most talented payroll managers, senior managers that are yeah. out there. And, and certainly within Ireland, I mean, there are some terrific payrollers over here. I mean, I know in the UK, it's really been the the hotbed, right? So initially, you know, the CIPP fantastic with their education and and training and and their real drive to bring payroll through as a as a profession, right? So it's certainly for me where the talent is over in the UK. But you know, we're catching up over here. There's a lot a lot of people who are really interested in payroll as a career. Sure. Well, I can vouch for that as a recruiter as well. And some of the businesses that have set up operations in Ireland, we're talking about some major, major brands with some very, very complex payroll operations that you've got to be top of your game in order to be able to manage those kind of uh, complex payroll functions that come with it. Something I'm interested to know about, Steve, here, you, you touched upon education there and, and the CIPP being one of those providers, an excellent provider of different courses and qualifications. And when you 
sort of discussed your role as director, you mentioned some elements that perhaps I hadn't considered that you're involved in, the strategic elements, the uh, the audit side of things. But you, you didn't mention too much around um, staff management mm-hmm. elements. And maybe that's because, you know, you, you, you would associate that with the manager. But I think at the moment, it's very difficult for many payroll professionals to get to the top of the profession without a path through the leadership journey. Because I think payroll people often are elevated due to their expertise in the world of payroll. And that's absolutely yeah. right. That's the reason they should be elevated. But actually, leadership is a, is a, is a very separate skill that sometimes is overlooked. Payroll professionals are expected to be great leaders when they are promoted into managerial heads of or director level positions, but actually have never really had the formal training or coaching to to understand what a great leader can do or should do. In your experience, where have you gained your leadership skills from? Is there a a pathway, do you think, that that people could adopt to improve their leadership skills? And in fact, I would argue that there is, but I don't want to sort of lead you with this answer. Do you think there's a a gap in the market at the minute or, or a shortage of leadership coaching specific so taking the payroll element out of the way but actually payroll professionals embarking on leadership led courses that can really develop those skills within a professional or or are they actually not needed in the world of payroll at the moment no they're absolutely needed and and they're they're needed in every aspect of of the organization right and i think i've been very fortunate over the years to have been given the opportunity to attend a lot of training that has, you know, enhanced or brought through that that sort of knowledge and those skills, right? It's absolutely something. If anyone is intending on any journey where they're going to take on, you know, responsibility or they're going to have a team to run, you really, really need to understand not only the psychology of running a team and what motivates, you know, you need to understand the psychology of what motivates you, right? And really what your intentions are, because you could be, the biggest leader in the world, but if your intentions are bad, you ain't going to have the best team, right? So you can really, there's a a difference between pushing ahead and driving through a storm and bringing people along with you. And to really understand that, you have to understand your own motivations. And there's a lot of courses I went on early on. And just thinking back now, there was one, I think it was called the Pacific Institute or something, that really helped me to understand where, what are the things that I can control what are the things that I can define? And what are those things that are outside of my control, really, that I can perhaps influence, but really can't do an awful lot about them? So the things I should be concentrating on are the things that I can control and the things mm. that I can really, really closely influence, right? And I think that sort of approach, when I've recruited, when I've built teams, when I've tried to train people and bring them through, I've tried to give them that same appreciation. Concentrate on the things you can control. Don't worry about the things you can't control and try to influence the things you can influence. And I think by doing that, you enable a team of doers, right? And in payroll, you really need a team of doers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I imagine that. It's just an interesting piece for me. I mean, for those who may or may not be familiar, I'll, I'll plug it for a moment. I haven't think I've done that before, but I've got a, a separate show called the HR L&D Podcast. And the reason I mention that is I would say probably one in three of the guests I have on that show are you know, renowned leadership experts. They're not yeah. necessarily HR professionals, but they are TEDx talkers, published authors, you know, I'm thinking of Stephen Covey, uh, Scott Miller, Tim Spiker, those kind of individuals that are real leadership experts. And that's it's kind of a discipline within the world of HR that's really well respected and understood. And, and you know, in order to get to the top of the, the game in the world of HR, you need to have those leadership skills really honed. And that's something we talk about all the time on my other podcasts. And yet in payroll, 
we don't talk about it as much. It's more compliance-led, and I can understand the reasons why, but actually it's something that, as you mentioned, it absolutely shouldn't be overlooked. Um, certainly, if people want to find out more about those principles, you can check out the other shows. There's some great talkers on there, and you can pick up some mm. hints and tips. But um, I agree. I think it's something that people should really consider if they are you know, really passionate about moving their career through. And I guess just, just focusing on that subject for a moment, Steve, as a, as a director of Worldwide Paywall, how are you viewed by your HR and finance counterparts. I don't want to have a his and an us versus them kind of mentality here, but often I hear in the market that perhaps they're not viewed, payroll isn't viewed in the same light or with the same respect. But working at the level that you do when you're liaising and collaborating, which is so important, you know, collaboration, particularly at the more senior, you know, you, you go up the spectrum, that collaborative piece becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. How well are you seen? How much do you collaborate with your HR directors, your finance directors? And what's that relationship like in your experience? My experience so far is pretty good, right? I think sometimes I, I I get the feeling as though, you know, I'm the fun police, right? Because I'm the guy who's coming <laughs> along and saying, oh, look, you know, we can't go giving those guys that, you know, no, I understand you want to reward them doing that, but we really have to think about this and you can't do this in that country. So yeah, I, I'm definitely the fun police sometimes, right? But then it's really good when you can have conversations about specific groups of people within an organization or specific groups of people within a country without sort of going too much into the detail but there are some countries around the world right now that are really struggling with mega mega high inflation rates right so you know it's to be involved in conversations around how as a business strategically we can do things better that help people in that situation, as an organization, what can we do? What realistically can we do? What legally can we do? But it's all aimed about making our employees' experience and life a good thing and improving it and, and making improvements, right? And that's the, that's the real niche for me. That's the thing that really, really excites me. That's the thing that, for me, elevates this position I guess, above that lower level of payroll lead, payroll manager, right? Um, That's generally the type of discussion that I would not have been involved in before. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Let's, let's build it out a little bit then. I'm a payroll manager listening to this, okay? And I'm, I'm, you know what? I've got aspirations of progressing my career. I want to get to where you are, Steve. I want to become a, a payroll director, be it in a domestic or a global payroll operation. You know, I'm really passionate about getting there. What are the three or five, or you pick the number, of critical deliverables that you would suggest that individual either gain skills in or pitch to their HR director for to say, I want this promotion. These are the things I'm going to bring that, that, that move from 
operational to strategic? What would the five strategic elements be that people need to start getting a grasp of if they really want to make that kind of step forward? Firstly, and this has always been through my career, link in with good people, right? Link in with the experts, whatever you need to do, however you need to do it, wherever you need to find them. But you really, really need to link in with the people that know the things that you need to know. And I know that's a very general comment, but, uh, you know, for an example, Melanie over at the GPA, I linked in with Melanie very, very early on. And I found that organizations like hers have a, a good link in with many, many, many multinational organizations that have been through this type of thing before that have experience, that have experience to share and are willing to share it. And so, that's definitely one of the things that I would I would recommend. The second thing is always make sure that you're able to deliver what you're promised, right? And that's whether it's to your team or whether it's to the business and the organization. Don't overpromise, don't overreach, and don't overstretch. Payrollers, especially, build their reputation on delivery. Pay on time, every time, accurately. It's reputational, it's about delivery. And so if you want to move through the payroll organization, get a senior role in payroll, learn very early on what you can deliver, make sure you deliver, don't overreach, don't overstretch and push back. Nice. The third thing I would say is make sure as much as you possibly can to keep up with the current trends, what's moving and shaking within the industry at the moment. Some of them may not work for you, Some of them may give you a hybrid idea, but always keep in touch with what's moving. Always look to recruit where the expertise is. Don't restrict yourself to one location. Geolocations are expanding ever so rapidly at the moment. Sure. Expertise is appearing all over the world. Don't restrict yourself to a location for when you're trying to hire the right people. And I think the final thing is... And again, this is the this is the fun police bit, right? Compliance, 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 compliance. No matter what the organization is trying to do, no matter how hard the pushback is, you have to, have to be compliant. No, brilliant advice. I'm sure hopefully people could have been taking notes or you can rewind this little section and make those notes again. I really appreciate you sharing that with us, Steve. On, on your own journey, has there been any uh, particular individual? I mean, you mentioned the GPA there, Mel, does some brilliant work on global payroll and, and, and absolutely right to highlight that. I've known Mel and worked with Mel for, for nearly 20 years mm-hmm. myself. So she's, she's excellent in that world of, of global payroll. But has there been a particular individual, a reference material, course, I don't know, a saying perhaps that's really motivated you or inspired you on your own journey that actually when you look back at it, you go, you know what, that was kind of either the turning point or the bit that kept me going when times are bad, whatever it might be, something perhaps you'd like to share with the listeners that's really inspired you during your career today. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the one thing that I always say to, to my teams, right, always, 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 and it's something that I, I had said to me very, very early on, right, it, it's don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. Nice. That's it. It's a very, very sure mantra, but but absolutely for me encapsulates everything. Don't be an obstacle. Don't get in the way. You know, we're not always here to say yes, but we're definitely not here to always say no. So 
if you keep that in mind, if you have that attitude, if you work every day with that, you know, as your as your mantra, you're gonna achieve an awful lot of what you set out to achieve simply by making sure that you're that person that is part of the solution and not part of the problem. Great. I mean, I love mantras. Those that listen to these shows or the HR and D podcast will know I absolutely love mantras. So I'm really glad I asked that question. You shared that with you. Mine's always been, you know, it's not about waiting for the storms to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. In the world of recruitment, yeah. it's such a relevant one because you can get caught in the rain very, very often. You've got to be able to dance in it sometimes. But I think what you've mentioned there in the world of payroll, absolutely uh, apt, correct, and uh, and great to hear that that's something that's inspired not just you, but the teams that you've you've managed and uh, and inspired and motivated along the way as well. So I, I guess something that this leaves me with asking you, Steve, is with all the things that you've seen along your you know, very accomplished career, but also the pandemic has moved things on and accelerated the world of payroll, accelerated the world of business and the world of work quicker than anyone really anticipated. We've gone to remote working and obviously global boundaries have, have, have been removed to a certain degree when it comes to recruitment and all those different things. What do you think the future of payroll looks like? And you can answer this either and or the industry as a whole, whether it's the future of payroll directors. And I'll let you take your own interpretation of the question, but where, where do you see the future of payroll? Yeah, wow, what a couple of years that was, right? Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. Who would have thought that two years ago I would have been convinced that I could have a team of, you know, 12, 15 payrollers all remotely sat at home, operating payrolls, hitting deadlines, smashing KPIs for two years, and the world changed and we had to react. Yeah. And your processes and your ability to flex, your controls all allow that to happen. So it's put the groundwork in, put the groundwork in, get your SOWs written, get your processes written, get your controls in place, get your checks in place. And you can then be adaptable and flexible for anything that will come along, right? Like the pandemic. Where's payroll going? (laughs) (laughs) If I had a time machine and went back 10 years, I would probably be saying exactly the same thing as I'm going to say to you now. We set out about 10 years ago as a group of payrollers to try and find that golden unicorn. And that is a vendor that can provide. 100% 100% accurate, on time, fully supportive payroll across, across the globe. Yeah, It's still out there. There are a lot of great providers who are a lot, doing a lot of great things, but they don't have all of the boxes ticked. Some have got a great product, not great customer service. Some have great, got a great customer service, not a great product, not a, a worldwide spread, you know, not great performance in some countries, great performance in others. So, so that's got to improve, right? That would be my wish for the next 10 years. I don't know if it's possible. I really don't know if it's possible. And so then the payroll industry has to make a decision as to whether one global vendor, two global vendors, three global vendors is the right way to go, how to handle those, how to manage them, how to get the best value because you're splitting your volume. I have seen some very interesting things lately about moving away from the model that a lot of vendors use at the moment where they use, you know, in-country practitioners. I've seen some very, very interesting things around SaaS and payroll software in the cloud. I'm intrigued more than excited at the moment to see where we go, right? You're never going to get away from having to be well-trained. You're never going to get away from having to recruit well. 
and keep people up to date and keep up to date with legislation. You're never going to move away from having to have a great control environment. But the way in which you process your payroll, the speed at which you can deliver, the way that you can make your employees pay slip customer experience much better. I think these are all things we need to investigate. We need to look at. We need to look at new ways of doing things. And so, yeah, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about some of the things that I've seen. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I think it's really interesting. I mean, you're not the first to mention that amber nectar, if you will, for the world of global payroll. So that, you know, you're certainly not alone in wanting and wishing for that, that perfect solution. A couple of things I'm going to pick up on that you mentioned. You speak very eloquently about the world of payroll, Steve, which is great and really good, hopefully, for those listening. As a director, I think this is a director-level observation for me in terms of what you're doing. Clearly, you at your level, you're being pitched solutions, be it SaaS, global, vendor, whatever it might be on a very regular basis. Let's be honest, the world of technology and providers that perhaps never entered the world of payroll before have all been enlightened and have all been woken up to the size of the business opportunity in front of them in the world of global payroll. And suddenly we're seeing new suppliers come into the market from every single angle, from every single location. That's A, exciting. Some of these solutions will be brilliant. Some won't work. Some will be overlooked, underinvested, and whatever it might be. But I guess from your perspective, as a director of global payroll operations, one of your tasks is not to be influenced too much by all the shiny things that must be put in front of you. I know I get them from a recruitment angle all the time. The next best thing is always in my inbox every single morning. It's a new solution. And I've got a it's the one, head, one part of my brain says, oh, that looks amazing. That could change our business. The other half kind of says, hold on, be cautious. Have I seen this before? Is it repackaged in a different way? It must be quite difficult because you want to give the best payroll experience to your employees globally. You want the best compliance, you want the best experience, the best automation. How hard is it and how many solutions are you being pitched on a regular basis for you to keep that kind of level of sensibility about what is being pitched and what you should move forward with and where you should invest? Is that, is that a real tricky part of your role as a director of payroll? It is. It is. And, and you're right. There are lots and lots and lots of new pitches that come along on a regular basis. And and I guess, so I, I suppose, firstly, you have to apportion some of your time to look into this, right? So it would be easy to pull up the shutters and try to ignore it and just let it pass you by because you're far too busy with everything else. But I think for me, I have to spend some time looking at what's out there. I have to spend some time in investigating these bright, new, shiny things. They might be very easily rejected, they might not form part of a whole solution for me. And I'm looking for whole solutions, right? So if something new and shiny comes along, that's a bolt-on or a, a sit-over, something that I already have, yeah, doesn't really necessarily interest me, to be perfectly honest with you. But I think I've got to get out there. I've got to get to exhibitions. I've got to get to see organizations on these stands. When you go to these exhibitions that are promoting something new, talk about it and just I think what it does is it, it sort of opens your eyes to the options that might be available when within the system that you currently have right because sure. I can tell you now as much as I try to utilize what we currently use within this organization I bet we're not using 70% of its capacity right and so I'd be surprised if even going back and talking to our own vendor currently about what I want and what I want to see doesn't bring some new innovation. So it's always keep that option open as well. Spend some time, get around the trade shows, trade shows, look at me, and speak to these people, right? Speak to the guys 
that are out there. You know, one of the people that I, that I made contact with, and here's me name dropping again, right? I met very, very early on in my career, Wendy Muirhead, who's at um, Ceridian now, right? Yeah, she's a superstar. I know Wendy. Oh, unbelievable, right? And when you said earlier on, you know, who's sort of influenced your career, Wendy's definitely one of those, right? Firstly, with her attitude and the way she just sort of is so positive. But also she she's one of these people that will not try to sell you a donkey right if it's not for you it's not for you and and that's the type of approach that i will always move towards right if you have a conversation with somebody if you explain your business needs and your business requirements if you set out your portfolio and how your payroll currently runs if they stop you halfway through and go you know what steve it's really lovely meeting you let's keep in touch but this isn't for you then I think that's important too, right? And so the industry has to take a little bit of responsibility for that. Yes, it's great to fire loads of new products into my inbox every week, but you also have to say, mm, perhaps this isn't for you and move on, right? And so it's easier for people in, in a decision-making role if people don't keep trying to kick down the door and you probably get a lot more respect for it as well, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree. And actually you mentioned Amy, you, you do need to keep your mind open because otherwise you get, caught behind suddenly the, the industry's moved on ahead of you you haven't kept your eyes or your mind open to what is going on in the market and suddenly your department is especially with the pace that the payroll is changing at the minute you suddenly find yourselves uh caught behind i always like the um there's a saying we're talking about mantras earlier uh as if you're a seedling which says uh, they tried to bury me but didn't realize i was a seed and it's one of those things where if you you know you can try and bury things but actually they grow and suddenly you're you know you're behind the curve if you're not really reflective and understanding what is being pitched doesn't mean you have to take everything on of course uh, but certainly in the world of recruitment i think it's very very similar you know if i don't at least give it the time of day to explore some of these new solutions then i'll never really know what the market is doing so it's uh and sometimes it can be quite an exciting journey to actually explore some of these solutions that are out there the other couple of last couple of points steve if i may that you just picked up on in your last that sort of closing talk there about the way you see the future um one was really interesting to me is i had a, a couple of other guests on the show someone mentioned to me um in my talks that actually we always talk about the big red button in payroll being this kind of mystical thing where people that don't understand it think that's all we do to process payroll. And it's a real frustration for payroll professionals that they're linked with this kind of imaginary big red button that we're going to sort of put out in the market. And yet, interestingly, someone, a payroll professional said to me, actually, Nick, we shouldn't be scared of it because surely that's where we want to get to. Surely the, the perfect payroll solution in the future is where we can just press a button and everything is done, everything's automated, so we can focus on the strategic elements while a big red button does everything else. We're just not there yet. So we shouldn't be fearful of it. We should embrace that as being the future of payroll, because if we get there, then we can really elevate ourselves strategically. I just wanted to see where you are on that kind of field of thinking, really, you know, in the world of automation, which you must have seen shift significantly. How do you see the future from an automated point of view? Yeah, that's absolutely the right answer. It is absolutely the right answer. I don't mind people thinking I just press a big red button one day a month. That's fine. If it's only that easy, then I'd be more than happy. And I said earlier, you know, in my very early days about doing manual calculations, right? Essentially, the payroll process is a mathematical equation. So you've got some rules in there. You've got some regulations in there. But essentially, that's what it is. And we, if we can automate it to the extent that we're not spending thousands and thousands and thousands of man hours a year checking data, bringing manual data in, entering manual data into spreadsheets, then we will be moving the profession on 
light years, light okay. years. I still go into the team now every now and again and, and see masses and masses and masses of paper on the table. And it just frustrates me because we're back to manual, manual, manual. And the more we can automate it and get rid of those things, single touch is the way to go. You know, one key entry in in, a, in an upfront system that then feeds all the information in through to the, the payroll is absolutely the way to go. The less human fingers that are on things, the more accurate it's going to be. And so I'm always looking for ways in which we can automate and improve. Amazing. Well, I think that's a brilliant way, if you don't mind, Steve, so I'll close the main questions of the show. I'm going to open the vault, though, which are three short, sharp questions for you before we close the show completely. Entering the vault. One piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now. Don't hide anything. If you make a mistake, get to your boss before somebody else does. Own it. Own it. Love it. Okay. Uh, question two. If you had the power of foresight and you could change the entire payroll industry with one action or improvement, what would that action or improvement be? I would make sure that payrollers, wherever they are, are paid correctly for the work that they do. Amazing. And last but not least, if payroll was a song, what song would it be and why? My way. Frank Sinatra. My way. Brilliant. I know you're so quick off the mark with that as well. God, that was brilliant. Straight off the bat. I know you've thought of that before. It just came straight off. I like that. It's a brilliant answer. My way. Excellent. Well, this is Steve Bevan, uh, obviously Director of Worldwide Payroll at Trellix. Thank you ever so much for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. I know I've asked you several times to come on. It's great to have you on the show. I've been really excited to talk about your journey into the world of payroll at director level. You've got a fantastic career. It's been really, really wonderful for you to share your experiences with the audience today. So thank you ever so much. And of course, if you are a payroll leader listening to this podcast and you have a payroll-related vacancy and you would love some specialist payroll recruitment support, then please do get in touch with either myself or any of my wonderful team. You can contact us at www.j agarecruitment.com and my personal contact details will be in the show notes along with Steve Bevan's LinkedIn profile uh, link to Trellix if you're interested in finding out more about what they do which is all about the future of cybersecurity. and of course I'll put a link in there as well to my other show the HR L&D podcast for anyone that is interested in some of the leadership principles that we cover on that uh, podcast as well but Steve Bevan thank you ever so much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure thank you Nick it's been a pleasure Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time. <laughs>